I know that I would have been uh, a 10 times a better player. I would have been 10 times a better player. I had some success. Uh, got to play in the major leagues and uh, championship success in Japan and some, you know, accolades in that. But I, I probably could have done 10 times better had I known these things. your body could talk, what would it tell you? Know your body, transform your life. That's the motto of DexaFit, the best in helping you know your numbers. DexaFit shows you exactly how your body composition, cardiovascular fitness, and metabolic health compares to the optimal standard. We know that measurement equals motivation, and DexaFit measures your progress while providing the diet and fitness plan customized for your body. DexaFit is providing a tremendous opportunity for listeners of the Peak Performance Podcast to get their first scan at a discounted rate. Go to briancane.com slash DexaFit. That's briancane.com slash D-E-X-A-F-I-T right now to learn more. Are you looking for a high-energy, competitive way to get your team to compete while training athleticism, hand-eye coordination, and lateral quickness? If so, you got to check out Spikeball. Top high school, college, and professional athletes around the world are using Spikeball as a fun and safe competition to start their training sessions, practices, and workouts. It's also a tremendous way to train your routines and releases and build that elite mindset. As a listener to the Peak Performance Podcast, Podcast, you can get a free spike ball set by visiting briancane.com slash spike ball. Again, that's briancane.com slash spike ball because if you're not playing spike ball, you're just playing games. Hey, how you doing? Brian Kane, your peak performance coach here, and thanks to another episode of the Peak Performance Podcast. Today, our guest is Dave Hilton. He was a first round draft pick actually went 1-1 the first pick in the first round out of Rice University in 1971 played Major League Baseball with the San Diego Padres and got 12 years of playing experience in professional baseball and then coached for 20 years in professional baseball and is currently running the Arizona Baseball School where he works with college high school youth and professional players on improving their game Dave won a World Series in Japan I'm excited to hear him talk about that as well as other aspects of the mental game and development as a baseball player. In this podcast, Dave is going to share his wisdom on the mental game and what it takes to succeed at the highest levels of baseball. To learn more about Dave Hilton, please visit ArizonaSchoolOfBaseball.com. Please welcome to the Peak Performance Podcast, the first pick in the first round of the Major League Baseball Draft in 1971, Dave Hilton. Dave, thanks for joining us on the Peak Performance Podcast. Thank you very much, Brian. I'm very excited to uh, talk with you, and I, I love being here. Dave, if you would, could you kind of give our listeners, predominantly going to be coaches and athletes, and catch them, kind of uh, take them sort of through your career from kind of where you grew up in high school to your experience in college baseball and then pro baseball and all the different places you got to play around the world and kind of to where you are today leading the Arizona Baseball School. Take them on your journey. Sure, Brian. I'll do it uh, fairly quickly. I uh I loved playing baseball as a kid. I grew up in small Texas towns. My uh, parents were teachers and school administrators. Uh, they were very talented in what they did. Um, I discovered baseball in, in the sandlots there and on the school grounds. We uh, would play every sport in season, uh, baseball, football, basketball. And it was quite different than 
how it is today. We would uh, meet at recess or after school, all the kids in the neighborhood, have our captains for that day, choose the teams, make the ground rules, and uh, play till the games broke up. Uh, we'd do that in the summer as well, and uh, it was very enjoyable. Uh, so we developed a lot of uh, initiative and uh, you know, take charge, leadership skills, uh, learning the game inside out for, from a young age and, and all of that. Then we moved to Houston. My dad knew I wanted to uh, be better in baseball. So he uh, took a job in Houston where there was more organizational aspects to it and uh, went to high school and uh, Jesse H. Jones High School. We had a very quality uh, high school program there. Uh, they've changed a bit, but uh, then I went on uh, with a scholarship to Rice and uh, played ball, um, learned quite a bit. I, was, I wasn't very big uh, or necessarily that talented in high school, but I did know a lot. I used my mind uh, quite well and played actually beyond my abilities uh, there. At, at Rice, I gained 25 pounds and grew three or four inches. So even though I had made All-State a couple of years in Texas, I didn't get drafted and was very disappointed but I did uh, get bigger, and then then uh, scouts took some notice of me there, and uh, you know signed and went on to play. Once we once I started playing uh, at each different level, I realized there uh, there are adjustments to make, not just uh, physically but mentally. Learning you you go through your own personal life changes and. Uh, you know, adjusting to being away and going, living in different places, the different things you encounter. So I uh, started developing ways to help me, you know, uh, maneuver that those passages. And, uh, you know, I, I end up going as far as I could take myself uh, in the major leagues. There were some things I did not know at the time. I came up after my second year uh, with the Padres and, uh, uh I always had tremendous double-A, triple-A seasons. At the big league level, I found I, I didn't have exactly what I needed there. The, in those days, there's a fairly quick windows of opportunity. I ended up going to Japan, and it was over in Japan that I did learn uh, the remaining skills that I needed, was quite successful there. Uh, being an MVP, winning a World Series, having a game-winning homer, and uh, actually utilizing the skills that I teach now. So it kind of came full circle for me. I, uh, I just love uh, players and people and baseball and coaches and like uh, passing on the knowledge and working in a collaborative way. So that's, that's where I am right now. Dave, would you talk a little bit about kind of some of the, the, you know, predominantly with our podcast is about the mental game, and there's a lot of baseball players and coaches that are going to be listening to this interview. Would you talk about what you now know about the mental game of baseball and what that means? What is the mental game? Well, to me, it's uh, it's an awareness of the mental skills that you need to take your physical potential uh, into games and under pressure. So, uh in the process of playing and coaching, I, I see often uh, players have uh, good days uh, in their practice times, and then on the field they may not have it. They may uh, get out of that uh, ideal competitive mindset that they need. So I kind of break it down into five categories of uh, mindset skills. One is uh, knowing your ideal competitive mindset. Some guys like to get fired up, get excited, uh, you know, your real, you know, high energy and others play better when they're calm, cool and collected, um, a little more reserved in that aspect. So uh, 
you know, we look at that first, what's your best mindset and then how do you uh, stay in it? Uh, then it's uh, identifying your yourself as a player, who you are, what's your strategic intention. In other words, are you a power pitcher? Are you a, uh, a control pitcher? Are you a finesse pitcher? Are you a line drive hitter? Are you a power guy? That type of thing. And then number three is um, uh, clarifying your primary mechanical imperative. There's a lot of things. There's five to ten mechanical things you could be thinking about. It usually doesn't work so well that way. You want to keep it simple. But there is one usually for each guy that he can fall back on and remind himself of. Uh, so uh, clarifying that primary mechanical mechanic for himself. Uh, then there's realizing when to make a timely adjustment. Uh, and I, I like to do it in a, in a practice within four or five pitches. Uh, in a game, it might be one or two pitches that you will make that uh, timely adjustment for yourself. And there's techniques to do that. And then the fifth category is, is just staying positive, keeping the big picture in mind. Uh, through the game and at the end of the game. So we'll do that. And then you, uh, then we talk that out, put it into their own personal routine. Of course, this, you know, is over a, a few sessions, but we'll put the, uh, put all those elements into their own personal pregame, in-game and post-game routine. I like to keep the routine very short, uh, between five and 10 minutes, um, uh, in-game within 10 to 20 seconds. And, um, uh, you know, tweak it as you go along, uh, start with it and then build it and then put it into the best thing available for that player. Dave, would you talk a little bit about some of the kind of pregame routines that you're talking about in terms of helping players show up at their best, most consistently? Yeah. So there, uh, you know, this is in the course of talking with the player and getting to know him, who he is, what his values are, you know, what's his personality traits, uh, what are the personality traits that he has, and how does how is he comfortable? I want him to be comfortable doing it, and it's something natural and, and, and feels good to him. So starting with that in mind, we'll talk, we'll, you know, uh, talk about what what is uh, mindfulness, what is uh, guided meditation, what's, uh, what's auto-hypnosis, what's relaxation, what's prayerful, a prayerful meditation, technique, uh, kind of a brainwave entrainment thing. But basically, I want it to be something they do without any, uh, you know, technical technical help that they just they'll sit with themselves for five or 10 minutes before they take off for the game or it may be before the game starts at the clubhouse, get in their own little private space and uh, utilize those techniques that that we've uh, taught, that we, we learned and taught. And then um, you know, then you just take that right into the game. Dave, could you talk a little bit more about meditation? I know it's something that a lot of players mm -hmm. do, and Alan Jager, who's a friend of ours, talks a lot about meditation and mindfulness. And I think a lot of times baseball players and coaches either don't know exactly what meditation and mindfulness are, or they get confused, or they think it's harder than it really is. Could you talk a little bit about mindfulness, meditation, and maybe take us through an example? Sure, sure. It can be uh, – um, a positive uh, self-talk. It can be just a mental imagery in your mind of what you're what you're doing, what you want to do well. Uh, uh, you do need to take some uh, moments to relax, get yourself very calm. I, I used to do this when I learned this uh, over in Japan. Uh, I started out doing it for an hour uh, a day, uh, and then uh, pretty regularly. Um, 
could do it in a half an hour if I needed to. I think in, in the nowadays time and culture, I like to teach a player to do it quickly. So you can do it very quickly where you put yourself in a, in a kind of, I call it a deliberate calm um, situation. It's funny, a couple of years ago, there was an article, uh, and now it's a movie uh, directed by Clint Eastwood. The name of it is Sully. But in the article, it, it was kind of in the papers, kind of under the radar. But I was reading about he had developed this ability to go into a deliberately calm state at will. When it, whenever uh, there was a pressure, he used that as a trigger to go into that. And part of it was his personality, but part of it was his background and training to go into that deliberately calm state. So I like to teach players uh, different techniques to do it. So again, uh, relaxing, uh, deliberately relaxing your body, your mind and the muscles, um, choosing the words and the, um, the visual images that you want to put into your mind. It's like if you go to Disneyland and you say, what, what ride do you like at Disneyland? Well, I like Magic Mountain. Can you remember what it's like to be there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I like that. Well, you, you choose what you want to put into your mind deliberately, and you spend some moments with that. Uh, I then incorporate baseball, you know, what you want to do baseball-wise into that conversation, and, uh, you know, you, you kind of pack it all in, in there for their routine. Then, of course, this is over, over time to let them absorb it all. Dave, you talked also about kind of the in-game routine being much shorter. What are some of those in-game routines that you get players to do or that you used yourself? Yeah, I found what works the most excellently of all is a, a verbal keyword. So, uh, uh, so they're swinging, uh, hitters swinging, and either in BP, it's obviously more swings than in a game, but you feel your shoulder pull, you feel your head off the ball, you feel you're collapsing, whatever the mechanical uh, thing is, but you're just, you, you know that you're out of sync on your swing on a particular pitch or around. So I like to have them experiment in, in the cage. We're in the cage and they'll, they'll pick out a word or a, uh, uh, they might look out onto the fence which uh, is telling them they want to stay through the ball. They don't want to pull off the ball. They want to stay through it with both upper and uh, lower body, stay balanced through the ball. Or they may, if, uh, if a word works the best, or so they might say line drive. They might say stay through it. They might say um, um, center field. And uh, amazingly, uh, try that out. Amazingly, that, that works extremely well to get a hitter out of his swing run. So if, I, I've done this quite a bit with all ages of players. It really works. They'll uh, uh, they'll be pulling off the ball four or five times in a row, and I'll have them pause, take a breath, and use that. And within one or two swings, they'll be right back in their swing again. How much do you talk with players about breathing pitch to pitch? Uh, breathing's big, and uh, I, I love what you did out here uh, with the things that you taught. But breathing is very big and different different styles of breathing. Um, um, but that's big. And I have them on their setup and in, in their stance starting out, you know, again, I do, I do physical all day long and incorporate the mental with it, but uh, incorporating the breathing in into everything. So I, I'm real big on that. I, I have found, I like uh, holding the breath technique works well uh, as a, as a separate technique. I like that. So 
Is there anything else from a mental game standpoint that you talk about with with the routine? You've mentioned the, kind of the verbal cue. Uh, you've mentioned creating sort of that deliberate calm state through the breath or through a, through a form of a meditation. Is there anything else that you use, maybe a, a, an imagery or anything else, maybe from a physical standpoint, to help you kind of lock in the mental? Yeah, I've got into tapping. There's a techniques called EFT and tapping techniques or touch and breathe. It's a form of that without without the physical percussion of it, but you just touch uh, uh, yourself on a particular part of your body. I call it uh, signaling. I, I use the term signaling for it. But um, play, you know, young people and, and everyone is just, can be self-conscious, so I really don't have them do it on the field, uh, but I, I uh, will have them do it before they go to the field. Uh, tapping technique that they're comfortable with or touch and breathe if that's more comfortable. And it's really uh, tremendous in terms of um, dissolving negative states of mind, changing memories that, that you're holding on to or um, negative beliefs that can really dissolve those very quickly. And then uh, allow the positive state that you want to be in to, to uh, take over. You know, uh, uh, the tapping technique, the EFT, I've, I've heard, you know, Tom Hansen talk about who co-authored Heads Up Baseball. Uh, I've heard um, Dr. Greg Warburton out at Oregon State talk about when he had Jorge Reyes with the, with the Beavers. I think it was 2006 and seven when they went back-to-back World Series. You'd see him doing that in the dugout. Is that something that you teach to all players or is it something that you, the, you share specifically with players that are looking for that or maybe players that had the yips? How do you, how do you teach that? Well, I always make it a choice. So I like to expose them to it. And again, this is, I do, almost everything I do is in the mental part is a one-on-one. And so, uh, you know, I'll explain it to them what's behind it. Ba- basically, the overriding, uh, overarching uh, principle is it's a mind-body communication skill. So you want to do something in your mind. You want to hit the ball hard. You want to make your pitch. You want to make the play. Uh, if your body's not cooperating, it gets in a, in a mechanical rut gets off gets wild so you could say your mind and body are not in sync uh you're not communicating uh well uh within yourself so it, uh, that's how i explain it. it it helps it's a communication technique between your mind and your body now you're going to feel better not less self-conscious just doing this in the privacy of your own home but you can do it and i'll do it with them and get comfortable with it do it lightly and in, in a way that's easy for them. And if after that, nah, yeah, you know, uh, Dave, I just, uh, I don't like that. I don't, I don't, I don't like that part. Well, let's, we'll do something else. We'll, we'll just kind of t- uh, touch in a certain way that's not tapping or we'll just breathe and visualize. You can actually, you can visualize the tapping where you're not even doing it, but you're just seeing yourself do it. That uh, scientifically has been shown to work as well. Um, so I'll do that with them. Excellent. Dave, in all your time of, of playing in, in pro baseball and coaching in professional baseball, you know, over 30 years, are there any common characteristics that you saw in professional baseball players that they all had that you said that, that you then try to teach to the younger players that you work with now at the, at, in your school because you know that, hey, this is a characteristic I saw in the U.S., I saw it in Japan, and I see it in most pro baseball players. Is there anything that's consistent across the board? Oh sure, you you gotta love the game. You gotta love to play and and not get too caught up in all the the uh, hype and the hoopla around around it. And uh, you know where am I gonna be next year? And what is what does this guy think of me? 
and all you know all of the normal human things but you got you really got to love to play you just got to love to play the game whether whether you're on the you know in the back lot or or you know on the you know in Wrigley Field you got to love to play and then um you know you got to put the energy and the work into it you got to work at it you got to uh try to get better every day uh take pride in what you do and um uh, you know work to excel in it and then you got to bounce back you got to stay positive you got to learn to ride ride the waves and uh you know get up off the mat and uh get back at it again i would say those three things Awesome. And Dave, is there anything as we bring this podcast to a close? And again, man, thank you for sharing your all your experience and your energy and your passion for the game and for coaching. What's, what is it that you know now, as you look back over the course of your career, what is it you know now you wish you knew when you were still playing? Well, I wish I knew these skills uh, that I'm teaching now. I, I wish uh, very strongly that I knew this back then. In other words, I mean, that's why I do it, because uh, – uh, I know that I would have been uh, a 10 times a better player. I would have been 10 times a better player. I had some success. Uh, got to play in the major leagues and uh, championship success in Japan and some, you know, accolades in that. But I, I probably could have done 10 times better had I known these things. What would be if you had to summarize it into, into the one thing that you think would have helped you the most? Because you gave us so many great nuggets here in terms of the mental game and different things. What would you say would be like the number one if you had to just strip it down to one thing? You have to have the skill to uh, put your mind and body in sync with what you want to do. So uh, you, you have to have that personal inter, intrapersonal communication skill, I call it. Whatever technique you use, you, you have to... Uh, you know, you have to be at one with yourself. You have to uh, know who you are and, and how to be yourself and how to how to talk to yourself in, in a way that gets the best out of yourself. Uh, I, I would just call it an interpersonal communication skill and uh, apply to what you're doing, uh, if that makes sense. Sure does. Dave, I appreciate you being a guest on the podcast here, man. Thank you for taking your time. Again, for people that want to follow up and get more from Dave, please check out ArizonaSchoolOfBaseball.com. Dave Hilton, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you very much, Brian. Do you want more? Do you want the 20% that will get you 80% of the results? That's what I do for you when you join the inner circle. I cut through the clutter and give you the exact resources, techniques, and strategies that are going to help you become more. This is an exclusive group and is not for everyone. When you join the inner circle, you will immediately be surrounded by some of the best coaches in the country. Visit briancane.com slash inner circle to learn more and join today. Thanks for listening to the Peak Performance Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes and leave a positive review or share a link to this episode on social media using hashtag PeakPod. Mention Brian Kane and one thing you learned in this episode for your chance to win a free ticket to the next Brian Kane Experience live event. Dominate the day.